Welcome to another episode on our podcast. I think this is our seventh episode now. And um, in this episode, we have a special individual. Um, She is someone that um, has uh, gotten recognition within the UK tech industry. Um, She is a development ops engineer now at HelloSign Dropbox. And she's also featured in um, one of 100 women to watch in tech in 2020. And she also blogs and is a YouTuber. Please, can you introduce yourself to our audience? Hi everyone, uh, my name is Jennifer Opal. Um, I'm a DevOps engineer at HelloSign with Dropbox. Um, I'm also a neurodiversity and inclusion advocate, a blogger and keynote speaker. And thank you for having me. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much for coming on the show. <laughs> it's been it's been a while. I know we've been planning this for a while, but I'm like, like I said, you know, timing is everything. Um, how have you been? Like, what's been going on? Obviously, with the um, pandemic and everything like that. Um, how's it been for you in, in terms of just life, really? Yeah, it's been good. It's been challenging for sure. I know that it's been a difficult season for for many people. Yeah, um, across the globe. So, I've definitely been through a lot of changes and a lot of self-reflection and having um starting a new job um moving from Northern Ireland back to England again and it's just been uh it's been a whirlwind in the last few months and uh also going through therapy um which I think you know it's good for people to kind of be open about I'm I'm a very open person but yes um going through therapy has been really useful for me um and really um had that time for self-reflection as well so yeah it's been it's been good like overall it's been a lot of change but it's been good change amazing well I mean we've got a lot to talk about um in this session um I think we're going to start by your journey really is how you got into the tech um industry and also we'll touch on your uh on neurodiversity and also mental health um because I know that you have a lot to do within those um sectors as well um so uh, for people who don't know what is a development ops engineer yeah so for short you can just say devops engineer um so a devops engineer when you think about DevOps, I'll, I'll explain what DevOps is. So DevOps is a software development process. It's like a it's like a culture, it's a way of working, quote unquote. So mm-hmm. it's like to try and simplify it as much as possible, the whole aim of um, DevOps is to improve the delivery of the software yeah. uh, that you're working on within your company through automation, um, collaboration, and you're also bringing together development and IT operations. So you'll find that um, different companies use different tools for this to actually work efficiently, but you'll find that there's multiple responsibilities that you have Mm -hmm. under one title. It is a job that's in demand uh, um, at the moment. Um, I think it's been in demand for the past few years, to be honest. Um, But it's... uh, yeah, I think that's the best way and the simplest way I can try and describe what DevOps is without, without giving you all the lecture. Yeah. All day. <laughs> well, that's fine. But I mean, for people who don't know, I mean, what qualifications do you need and experience you need to go into DevOps? Because um, if I'm not uh, mistaken, your background didn't start in tech, did it? No, um, my background started in counseling <laughs> oh wow okay so, yeah so I I was working with young offenders yes um, at a local council oh wow and, and I was also 
um, studying, um, I, I graduated with a certificate in counselling and counselling mm-hmm. skills. Um, yeah. And my plan was to become a children's psychodynamic, psychodynamic therapist. Okay. Um, that was the plan. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just, I realised that it just wasn't what I was passionate about. As much as I enjoyed working mm-hmm. with young young children and, and um, building those relationships and um building my skills I I did feel a disconnect because I am a very creative person and I felt like I needed something that would allow me to be creative yeah so then I ended up going back to uni again to do business in French the French made sense on Congolese I didn't speak French I thought why not Mm -hmm. but um the business side made no sense but I just kind of went there um the wrong way around so I went to uni to do this degree thinking that I will find something that I'll enjoy so I can actually become that rather than taking yeah. the time to figure that out first before I did that okay. um, and then I got onto a course in my second year through Code First Girls which is a social enterprise here in the UK and yeah. their primary focus is to bring free education and through coding um to women and on binaries in the uk in an effort to try and get them into the tech industry um as women are so um under underrepresented in the tech space yeah um and then once i completed a it's like an eight-week course once a week um fell in love with it and i've realized this is what i want to do um yeah and then the following year Code First Girls collaborated with a major telecommunications company in the UK. Um, and it was a full-time um, immersive program for four months with 30 other women and non-binaries. And the opportunity to get a job offer at the end of it, which I was able to get. Um, I accepted the job. I dropped out of uni. I packed up and I moved to Belfast. Oh, wow. Island, <laughs> and just took the job and left. And I was like... <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm Belfast. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But that must have been a, a culture change, like being from London and moving to, to Belfast. Oh, yeah. Huge change. But um, Belfast isn't... It's not diverse at all. It's, I wouldn't say it's as diverse as, as um, London, for sure. Yeah. Um, but finding a city like London in the UK is, is uh, unless you're looking at, I guess, Birmingham or Manchester or something, there's yeah. not a lot of cities that like London, you know? So yeah. it was definitely a bit of a culture shock for me. Um, but the benefits of it all is that it was a lot quieter, it's a lot calmer. Mm-hmm. Um, the hustle and bustle thing didn't make sense over there. So if yeah. you're r- rushing and walking like or trying to run like walking really fast just to get somewhere people will tell you to slow down yeah (laughs) rather than you know if you're walking slowly on the London streets like why are you walking so slowly I know it's like a frustration isn't it it's like how dare (laughs) yeah but I did I loved it out there the air was cleaner Mm. um you know I love the fact that you know I can just like it was a different experience to be able to just make friends and, and go Mm-hmm. climb the mountain like, yeah like, me climb the mountain this city girl and here I am on the mountain this is amazing. oh wow but, um, that's amazing I, I loved it it wasn't perfect but I loved my experience there really yeah good. yeah and I think these experiences are good experiences it also helps you to mature a bit and really help you to understand your journey and, and I guess you know had you not had that opportunity you wouldn't where, be where you are today um mm-hmm. so there's always benefits but touching on code because I wanted to talk about this because um on your blog, you mentioned that 
um, it's a good time to to code, you know, in this climate, especially um, everyone being on lockdown. And, you know, I think we've been on lockdown for two years now. I can't really say it's been a year. It's literally been two years. Um, But yeah, how important is it? um, You know, why is coding important in, in this time? Yeah, I think coding is such a valuable skill. And as we've seen as well, I think that within the last two years of being in in and out of lockdown, and I think the dependency on technology Mm. is even stronger. And the demand for that skill of coding is is hugely invaluable. Um, Every every industry um, whether you're working in the tech space but even in finance even in um, other areas of business um, banking whatever it might be mm-hmm. you there's someone every company is moving towards having online services yeah and you know cybersecurity. you've got all that type of stuff so it's 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 something that will it's the next generation of jobs. The yeah. next generation of jobs are online. The next generation of jobs mm-hmm. involve coding or just in the tech space as a whole. You don't necessarily have to know how to code, but even if you are in a non-technical role, like transitioning into the tech space is a really valuable thing. And, and that experience can be transferred into whatever role you want to do in a tech in a tech. Um, in the tech space um and your your it's, it's unlimited job opportunities it really really is yeah and career acceleration and um depending on on the companies you'll you'll likely find um salary increase on much salaries are much better um it and the right is just much much better and i feel yeah. like it offers a lot more financial security personally yeah. but yeah um, yeah definitely definitely look into it for sure yeah no you're you're completely right there because um obviously during this time a lot of people i'm noticing are starting their own businesses there's an uprise and obviously wanting your own websites knowing how to code that skill would I guess benefit you. There's a lot of people becoming more self-efficient, self-employed, want to do everything themselves, save the money. Um, so I think you know you touched on it there, which is correct. You know it is the time to you know have that skills. Everything is moving into tech. You know mm. um, I've got so many apps on my phone more than I have you know contacts. You know it's getting a bit. <laughs> it's getting to that stage. So yeah, no, you're completely you're completely right about that. Um, but I wanted to move on really to talk about. Um, you know, as well as you working in the tech space, you have other passions and I wanted to touch on that. So first thing is, um, you know, you're very passionate about uh, talking about the of neurodiversity uh, and inclusion, especially um, you being diagnosed yourself with ADHD as an adult. Um, I think um, a lot of adults now are being diagnosed with ADHD. I've come across a lot of um, uh, articles where I've seen this and, and also TV programs. And it's like um, even a friend of mine actually said to me, you know, I, I'm ADHD, but in school she was never diagnosed with that. So it's becoming quite um, common. So I, I believe also you wrote in your blog, and this only happened to you in 2018 so it's quite recent so how has that experience and that journey been um for yourself it's interesting because prior to the diagnosis I didn't think that there was anything different mm-hmm. about me in that way like I never had any more any concerns I wasn't worried I genuinely thought that the way that I um 
my, my thought process, the way that I do things, whatever. It was just me being me. I thought that everyone was that way. Yeah. And, and when I got the diagnosis, I was quite shocked. And along with being diagnosed with ADHD, I was also diagnosed with dyslexia and dyspraxia. Right. Which I wasn't expecting. I, I was more expecting the dyslexia because mm-hmm. of the fact that I realised that reading was becoming incredibly overwhelming. Um and I would find that it wasn't even the words per se. It was more like the characters within the words that were just moving all over the page. Yeah. So I couldn't really, I couldn't follow what was going on or I couldn't recall what I just read. It would take me longer and longer to just read one page, let alone one paragraph. And it was, you know, really having an effect on my mental health and my emotional state. Um, and I think that it's a very, I think that, I think now some are becoming a bit more open to discussing it but I think yeah. that for me it was quite a taboo topic to talk mm-hmm. about that um, you know and people are always concerned and worried they're going to be treated differently or looked at as they're not capable of doing things etc um, and I think that's where I decided to start being open about being neurodivergent because I think that the intersectionalities within my identity can mm-hmm. relate to so many people yeah. and because not a lot of people are open about it I think it's necessary that I be open about it just so that people can see that yes I'm neurodivergent and I'm also a black cishet woman but yeah. I'm still able to do what I need to do I'm still able to accomplish things I'm still able to to work day to day and I know that for people um that are neurodivergent it presents in different ways mm-hmm. but um it doesn't mean that we're not capable of doing what anyone else that's neurotypical can do um so I think it's necessary to discuss it it's definitely still been an adjustment yeah I'm still learning every day um about how to learn and how to absorb information um, in an industry that's always changing something new is coming out all the time there's always <laughs> something you have to learn there's something you have to understand and yeah the way that you work is always changing as technology changes your skills also has to change with it mm-hmm. so I'm still trying to learn how to um, um, learn with all of the change going on around me but I'm still able to I think that's what the the main point of it all is is that I'm still able to do that yeah and what I mean you know your job speaks for itself I do I don't think I could do de- a DevOps um, engineer <laughs> and I think you know hearing your story um, may encourage someone who probably has gone through it that probably thinks that they're limited in doing what they're doing but I mean you've done so much already and you haven't let the fact that you have been diagnosed with ADHD stop you from you know carrying with your passions you know your work you know you've gone through so much um, and so I can only look at you with like wow I t- be, I'm impressed really because we say we don't know how it's like but until we're in that situation we don't know how we're gonna how you can navigate that so the fact that you've um, been able to still move to from Belfast to Reading uh, get a new job learn the skills and like you said because tech like I said I think I've just downloaded I have more apps on my phones than I have contacts so (laughs) technology is always always changing I think your brain has to work really fast at that as well Mm. um so you know being focused and the fact that you have to deal with a 
ADHD as well, it hasn't it hasn't stopped you. You're still you're you're still Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that is what is probably going to encourage people to have more of that conversation. Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, I wanted to talk about um this in particular because I think it's really important. Um, you know, uh, our podcast is basically about, you know, championing um young Africans who are in the di- diaspora who are working in the creative industry and just sort of touching on their experience. So you featured on Black Girls in Tech, um, I think it was sometime last year. Um, being um, a Black African um, in tech, um, do you think that there's beginning to be a change in the industry, um, you know, within e-commerce, within tech? Like, what do you think, that, uh, especially in the times that we're living in? Yeah, I do think that we are becoming more... Um, I think organisations are becoming more accepting and understanding that of the importance of representation, not just in tech, but also within the products that we're creating to ensure that we are not isolating anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, there's still a long way to go. Um, I think that, you know, even when you look at like, this is is an industry that I'm not really familiar with in terms of um, artificial intelligence. There's a lot of, you know, biases within the data that they use and I think that as people are now starting to talk a bit more about um about that and and trying to push for um representation of black people of Africans of of people of color into that particular space I think that you know it's people are seeing that okay we're creating this these products but it's there's it's not it's flawed Mm. um so I think that from people that are in tech that are sharing that they are in tech um, in order to inspire other people, it is making a huge difference. Yeah. I'm noticing that more and more people are now learning to code or going to um, or, or learning to code independently or going to university, whatever route they decide to take um, to learn those skills in order to get into the space. And it might be to work for somebody else. Or it might be to create something for themselves, but they're still putting themselves in that space to make a difference. Um, I still think that we have a lot of work to do in terms of inclusion. Mm-hmm. I, I think that some organizations are getting it right, but some organizations are getting it way wrong. Yeah. And I think that a lot of, uh, so some people, they end up being a victim of performative um diversity equity and inclusion um initiatives where they find that they kind of end up working for an organization that claims to be diverse and claims to be inclusive and it's really not the case mm-hmm. um yeah so i think that in in that i feel like there needs to be a lot more accountability um within those organizations um and to be able to call out those organizations also to be able to say look i understand that you want a diverse and inclusive environment but this is an issue and that is an issue and we need to highlight these issues and do the work to be able to make it better because the quicker that we come in is the quicker that we'll get out and you'll be back to square one again yeah so there's definitely still work to be done in that space and also ensuring that there's representations in the right rooms I was going to mention that. That, that is a big thing. <laughs> yeah, I big find time. That the, higher, yeah. the higher you go up on a an organisation, the higher you go, the whiter it gets. And that means that 
there's not someone that looks like me for example in that mm-hmm. room that's yeah. able to try and speak from my experience or try and be a voice for me you know mm-hmm. um and it's not just we can't just have like those those um incidents where it's like oh here we have hired one black person on this on the board in a, in and there's like 20 white people it's like you cannot have one black person speak for the whole of the black community no and definitely there not are definitely talented and educated um black people black africans caribbeans black um asian people as well and you can definitely find a lot more and put that representation representation in there so that changes can be made yeah um and the last thing that i would say is we have to focus on culture i think that the culture within the organization plays a huge part in ensuring that diversity and inclusion um, initiatives work well yeah if the culture isn't right you might as well just throw your throw the statement away throw it away there's no point if the culture isn't right we're not going to feel safe we're not going to feel that we can come to work and be our full selves we're Mm -hmm. not going to feel that we're being advocated for it in terms of career progressions. We're, yeah. we're, we're going to have those feelings. We're going to wonder why we're not getting those opportunities because the culture isn't right. So mm-hmm. in order for diversity and inclusion to work and in order for inclusion to flourish, in order to have that, uh, that kind of space yeah. uh, where people can create products that you know represent the many different walks of life and you know identities and cultures across the globe um you have to have the right culture and you have to do the work with that too and I feel like a lot of organizations miss that part yeah no you're absolutely right um like I well you touched on it anyways it's just about being included in the conversation and not one uh black person out of 20 people can account for the whole of the black community in the UK because it's about coming from different perspectives um and it's just about being involved um you know I've talked about this a few times with some of my friends um in different industries Uh, you know it's it's all about being involved if we're not included how do you know what to cater for you know um it's one of those things but hopefully things will change but we will see we're hopeful but you know but yeah exactly and I'm also and actually I've seen a lot of um platforms for black tech creators there's quite a lot now um I think in the last I would say year and a half two years I've started to be um I've started to see a lot of it and a friend of mine who lives in Nigeria now she's told me that uh, Kenya is known for its its very tech sa- savvy city, um, but uh, aside from you know Kenya, like in the UK, I'm seeing a lot of supportive network groups for Black techs in the UK, which is you know it's great. I don't really think there was that before. Oh yeah, there's 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 a lot, and I I think that um, because. Th- because people want to see the reflection, I think that is this, mm-hmm. it's, it's important to see yes. your reflection in the yeah. to do certain things. And, you know, you've got, you know, coding black females, you've got UK black tech, you've got Pocket, you've got, mm-hmm. um, I, the founder of Pocket is also one of the podcast hosts for um, Techish. Okay. So it's, it's, um, it's a really great platform and, and so many, um, 
it's, it's a really great community of people in the tech space whether you're in technical roles non-technical roles or want to get into tech you're always going to learn from someone there you've got Zuntos spelt with an x so for anyone that is interested in um looking for tech roles and yeah. our graduates um or looking for internships for example definitely mm-hmm. reach out to Zuntos as well yeah um I think there was also I think Mus- Muslim makers okay I think I've seen that somewhere on on Twitter as well and I really hope I said it right um but yeah it, it's just so many different communities mm-hmm. um popping up um there's so many like yeah. I think that if you want to get into tech there will definitely be a community of people that will be able to support you and be able to guide you mm-hmm. and educate you yeah definitely any questions that you have and you'll be able to connect with someone uh, that you can relate to to be able to guide you in that way so yeah it's it's i'm i'm happy to see so many communities um yeah. opening up in tech it's really a great thing and it, it will make a difference so i'm very hopeful for um the future of representation in the tech space in the years to come because of these communities as well yeah well i mean it's already starting we can see right? it so oh, um yeah. it's, a, it's a it's a good thing oh, and exactly. what I'm, i guess this leads me on to my next section which you actually quite uh, you actually answered but i'll ask you again as you might have a different answer but <laughs> um in this um section of the podcast um basically i ask my guests um how to get into your professional space so it's usually uh five top tips of of how to get into the tech industry in your case and um, for the listeners now what would you advise them if there was someone listening who wanted to get into that space what would be the uh, tips that you would give them for you know guidance I guess to get into the tech industry sure I would say the first thing is know exactly what it is that you want to do first um there is a lot of information out there and there are so many different roles and there's so many different programming languages to learn. Um, it'll be better that you think about what it is in tech that you want to do. Um, don't think about an article that you read that, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. we need cybersecurity engineers right now. And then you say, I want to do that. And then you start learning about it and you're like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, then I was going like, to say, what is that? <laughs> exactly. You realise, I really hate this, you know, yeah. this is it. So take the time, you know, do some Googling, just go on, like, just go on Google and just search, you know, different roles that interest you, whether it be involves tech um, coding or, or not, just have yeah. a look and see if it's something that would suit you first before you take the plunge to actually um, learn different languages or um the different tools that they use within that job role mm-hmm. um the second thing i would say is connect with communities yeah um that i've i've mentioned already there's so many communities that you can reach out to that you can connect with um and they are out there yeah um, even if you just google it you'll find something um, yeah because with communities as well you tend to there's some communities that post jobs and you get yeah. job opportunities through them as well Oh, definitely. So, like, like even like you have no idea who's actually watching you online. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't, you know. So, like, definitely just connect with the community and 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 reach out and ask questions and and learn from people. You know, mm-hmm. learn from the people in those spaces. Um, and before you reach out to anybody to ask someone for advice, yeah, be sure you've googled first. I feel like sometimes um 
a lot of people in tech have mentioned this as well um where someone will reach out and say hi i want to be a devops engineer but what is a devops engineer if you're asking me what it is then you that's not what you want to be yeah so you still have mm-hmm. to do some research there yeah to find out what it is first mm-hmm. i can't tell you what it is you have to find out what it is first and then be sure that's what you want to do and then you can come to me and say hey I'm on the path to become a DevOps engineer and I've heard that I need to learn about cloud computing, um, which is something that is something you'd have to learn about. So what do you think about me doing this certification? Um, have you heard of any schemes that I can do to get a free cert- um, certification um, to help me um, put my skills out there? How can I network, for example? There's so many things, so many questions mm-hmm. from that. Um, but that's something I would also recommend. Yeah, Learning it's things. it's almost like being a student is again. Yeah. Isn't it? If you're really passionate about a particular industry, you'll do the work. You'll do you'll you'll study it really. Absolutely. Um, because otherwise, then there's no point, is there? Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Um, the third thing I would say is network. Yeah. Um, have a LinkedIn profile for the love. Oh. For the love of the of all of all retrograde star <laughs> signs out here, please have a LinkedIn profile. Please, oh wow, it's going to help you so much. Um, yeah, have a LinkedIn profile, have it updated. Um, even if you are on the beginning of your journey, document that. Put mm-hmm. that in your job description. Put that in your skill set. Um, write some posts. Maybe do a post once a week to kind of share your coding journey you know put a few hashtags in there and and network um recruiters are always stalking those hashtags so you'll never know who will reach out to you and want to give you the opportunity for an interview i get interviewed requests all the time Mm. all the time and i remember when i got my first tech role within a week I was being offered an interview. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, I just got here. Like, I've only just finished, like, my induction. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do day to day. And you're asking me for an interview. Wow. So, for me, it's like, because they're stalking those hashtags so much and they have automation tools, they yeah. are literally getting emails and alerts for people that put those skill sets. So, in their, like, on their LinkedIn profile. So, definitely update your LinkedIn. Reach out to recruiters. And you never know what opportunities will come from that. And also update update your coding progress. You know, let people know that you're learning something new and your first position might come with that as well. Mm. Um, another thing I would say, the fourth thing that I would say is you don't have to code to get into tech. And I think that's something that many, many people say. Okay. Even if you are quite... Um, ahead in your current career let's say that you're working in management in a particular industry I can assure you that you have transferable skills that you can bring into the tech space in a particular role Um, whether it be product management consultancy um, there's so many there's so many different roles that that that's available in tech that you can do Um, don't limit yourself not everyone in tech codes yes (laughs) not everyone in tech codes so definitely don't be afraid to um, make that switch. Um, reach out to recruiters, reach out to um, other consultants if that's what you want to do, for example, and just ask them for advice on what they think that you can do to transfer your skills into mm. um, the tech space, whether it be you want to work for a startup or you want to work for a fintech company 
um, or you want to work somewhere like Dropbox, you know, like you can literally just um, have a look and see what skills you can you can transfer um, over. Yeah. And I'm guaranteed that you definitely have skills that the tech space needs. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I would say is, oh, what would be the last thing? Don't code on your own don't learn these skills on your own and I think that everything that I've kind of said kind of summarizes it all the tech space requires community it requires community you need community Mm. in order for you to grow in your skill set like I can't even tell you how many times I'll go onto it and ask a question about something because I genuinely don't understand what in the world I'm doing yeah and people will reach out and help me and ask and help me with those um questions and I think that community helps to elevate. I definitely believe that ha- community helped me to get to where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me to be able to be confident in sharing my experiences, um, sharing and blogging and talking about my experiences in having neurodivergent black cis het woman in tech yeah. has definitely helped me to, for people to see my experience and also be able to see my skills and be able to, um, you know, get access to opportunities to keep sharing your story and um, get job opportunities also, you know, yeah. it, mm-hmm. it, it unlocks a lot of things. Like I said, you never know who's watching. Yeah. Um, but the tech community, particularly on Twitter, I would say, like, definitely don't be afraid to reach out to people on there, follow people. There's so many people that you can follow in senior positions, working at major companies that you can learn from and they're teaching and giving free knowledge and holding Twitter spaces, etc. So definitely just don't go on this journey alone. You will not get very far. Google is a good starting point for research, but networking is going to be what you need in order for you to get access to those opportunities and in order to ensure that you're putting your best foot forward in those opportunities also. Yeah, and I suppose you you touched on something there. It's I think it's all about being prepared for the opportunity. So yeah. even when there's not an opportunity at the moment, at the moment in your mind and in physically, you've got to be prepared. So when it does come, at least that you've got the research, you've got the knowledge, you've got the skills that you're working on. Yeah. Um, so to add to that, I mean, it's pretty much what you explained, but just being ready for the opportunity absolutely Mm. absolutely preparation is 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 very very key and um as i said that i even for me in terms of me joining um, the hello sign team yeah um, at dropbox i i i during the job search and even you know my cv for example i reached out to a friend who works in tech and 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 asked him for advice you know I'm like look I don't know if this CV is right I don't know if this is good I don't know if I've missed something out and he and he you know took the time to help me with my CV and make sure that it was it was great and it was right and he reviewed it I wouldn't do that if I didn't I wouldn't have him as a friend in the tech space Mm -hmm. if I hadn't networked yeah so you can't you cannot do this on your own you can't you you really do have to connect with the community I'm quite an introverted person believe it or not I love being by myself love it I'm such an introvert I'm not really a socializing person lockdown must have been great for you (laughs) you know what listen I I I love the fact that I could just 
have my Friday night. Yeah. I got myself a hot bath with some rose salts and petals and candles. Oh, lovely. And just, That's oh, wow. My night. Like, yes, Lord, <laughs> this is this is it. Thank you. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> and like, like I'm, I'm just. It's, it's just how I am. But, mm. um, I, I feel comfortable socializing, you know, on social media, for example, more so than in person. Yes. So find a way for that so that caters to your strengths, right? Find a way of socializing and networking that caters to your strengths. And don't send a message just saying hi and that's it. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Oh dear. <laughs> hi. Do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like people do that and I will have like ten people just say hi. Like yeah. what do you to do? Like yeah. I you, like for me it's like I know you're saying hi and I know you probably don't mean anything bad, but what do you want? yeah exactly yeah exactly start a conversation conversation absolutely and engage in conversations and Mm. if there's conversations happening on the twitter timeline about tech and you don't understand what's happening do not be afraid to ask a question do not be afraid to google things for yourself and come back with a question and don't be afraid to engage and, and just you know um have that open mindedness to be able to learn and absorb what's being taught mm. um because you can learn so much from other people's experiences and yeah and, and it's skills that you can take with you for sure amazing well jennifer you have given us so much in this uh, <laughs> session i feel like i need to go back and listen and, and get my and do my own research on this um but thank you so much i mean where can we find you social media website where people can get in contact with you yeah, sure. So my website is jenniferopal.co and you can mostly find me on Twitter these days. I feel like that's the only place where I'm at right now. Okay. <laughs> so my Twitter handle is underscore Jennifer Opal. Um, but yeah, you'll you'll most likely find me on there just tweeting away. And I don't normally tweet. I do tweet about tech, but I also just tweet about a lot of random stuff. So you'll get a very professional one day and very relaxed another so it might see a few memes so, it's good yeah. it's called it's called having a personality Jennifer right. that's all it is that's all it is um but thank you so much um for taking the time to come on this podcast I know it's been a pleasure obviously hearing about your journey and how um you've operated yourself through this tech field which is blowing up at the moment you've managed to stay sane which is which is a good thing uh, again Jennifer like I said we you know we look forward to have you on this platform again and um thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today thank you for having me no worries Bye. thank you so much um for doing no it's all good thank you so much I appreciate you being patient